Okay, I'm going to start the recording again, because I had like half an hour of garbage. Is that what our friendship is to you? <laughs> half hour of garbage? Yes. Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mech. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is outrageous, and we love it, and it is bad. And Mac is still with us despite having eaten a red lyrium banana. It's true. Which is why this episode may go up a little late. Don't eat bananas that crunch. Or have creepy red veins in them. Don't do that either. Just cut up your bananas and make sure they're safe before you eat them. In fact, just throw out your bananas. Never trust any bananas ever. Never trust a banana again. (laughs) Ever. Okay, so this episode we are recapping episode four, Frame Up, which is our fourth out of five episodes of our first sort of story arc. So uh, so this week and and next week we'll actually be wrapping everything up. So, you know, things are about to come to a head. You may recall from last episode that everything is on fire, which is basically how every single one of these episodes start. Everything is constantly exploding and on fire. This this particular episode starts with, like, this cartoonish Final Destination-style equipment avalanche in the TV studio. All of it's about to fall on Gem, and she keeps dodging out of the way like she's a little video game character. And Rio decides that the most efficient way to rescue Gem from all of this is to get on a camera crane that I feel I should add should not be in a studio with a ceiling that low. And like, yeah. and, and then and then the camera crane just like you know, him right over to where Gem is, and he grabs her, and then all the way back out of out of range of this collapsing disaster of fire and sound equipment, and it's just oh god. And Rio is the hero of the hour and not the camera operator who actually did all the work. (laughs) Those things aren't autonomous. In fact, did he just, like, latch himself onto a camera? I mean, what was happening there? The camera's usually, <laughs> usually at the end of, at the end of sort of the pivot there. Yeah, he, he, the camera was gone and he was there. I think he may have shoved the camera off the platform, like, off screen or something. And he might have just kind of done it rashly, which, I mean, they're already, like, losing, like, thousands to millions of dollars of equipment here. But Rio did really have to add to it. Considering how quickly it went up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then and then Jim, I believe, faints into Rio's arms afterwards. I think he carries her to Lindsay's dressing room or something like that so that she can relax, and he sits there and cradles her as she comes awake. Right, and she's like, no, misfits, stop! She's straight up hallucinating. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> and Rio just sort of says some soothing words to her. They smooch, and then... Oh, uh, Rio. Oh, Rio. I think we do, in fact, have another... Oh, Rio. And then Shayna barges in. Rio comes out. And Shane is like, so you, so so what's happening here? You, you're like kissing him, and are, does he know? No, he doesn't. And uh, and and Jem slash Jerrica says this line, which just sort of raises some red flags in here. And there's a couple episodes like that. She says, Rio's very proud. How can I tell him I'm Jem without making him feel I've made a fool of him? I don't know. You just tell him. Shayna says one of my favorite lines ever, which is, Jem, my dear, you have a delicate situation, which feels like a massive understatement for what's actually going on here. I mean, it, it would be delicate if you had an alter ego and wasn't and weren't telling him. What you have is a massive cluster fluff dating a guy who is your road manager slash lighting guy slash sound guy slash everything. He doesn't know 
that you're the lead singer of the band and also you are making out with him and making out with him as your regular self and he's making out with both of yous and I, delicate is not the word for this. No. Meanwhile, uh, we switch back to the Starlight House where Ashley is continuing her descent mm-hmm. into the dark side of glam rock because she has a Misfits t-shirt and hides it from ostensibly everyone in the house. <laughs> and the maid comes in to talk to Jerrica and is like she, she expresses her concern that Ashley is descending to the dark side of glam rock because she's, Ashley's gone all day and when she, she comes back here to eat and sleep and doesn't tell anyone where she's been, it's like, doesn't she have school? Isn't like a normal thing for a child her age to be doing? Do we have school in this in this post-apocalypse? I think I think one of my favorite lines is actually when Jerrica goes up because Mrs. Bailey talks to her about this. So Jerrica goes up to talk to Ashley and gets distracted. And Ashley goes with, you can talk to the wall, Jerrica. Because I'm not going to be here. And she runs away. Like, does she actually, does she go out the door or does she just straight up go out the window with some sheets that she's tied together? <laughs> she goes out the door. She's making zero effort whatsoever with this, with this sneaking out. Seriously. <laughs> And uh, and Jerrica was distracted from giving a don't go to the dark side talk to uh, to Ashley because there is a cowboy from Vegas <laughs> that is here to hire them. It's a drama loving Texan concert promoter with a hat. Because, <laughs> honey, I love to see sparks fly. <laughs> he throws his hat up. This guy is my favorite character of all time. He's making the best. He's the nerve the of best. that man. He likes to see Sparks fly because he has hired the Misfits as their warm-up act, knowing full well that the Holograms and the Misfits maybe have a teensy bit of a delicate situation, to borrow a phrase. (laughs) And so the Misfits get the same thing, and instead of waiting for him to go through his whole routine of seeing Sparks fly and throwing his hat up into the air and chuckling, uh, they just start throwing things at him. Which is what I would be doing. Yeah, and, and there's there's an interesting thing in here. Uh, Roxy goes to pick up a poster from the wall and advances on him with it. But the wall that she picks it up from may look a little weird when you are rewatching this because the uh, the background is actually upside down. <laughs> there's a chair on the ceiling. The nail where the poster hangs is painted onto the wall, but it is like down. It is. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> So our cowboy guy escapes, and Pizzazz says one of my favorite lines in this episode, and there are a lot of favorite lines. Shut up. I'm the brains here. We've seen no evidence of that whatsoever. Ashley has to make a daring dash inside because the the mechanical doors are closing too fast. Yeah, there's like a tension sting there. It's like, (laughs) it's like, is she going to get through the sliding doors? The implication is that this door nearly took Ashley's foot off, like clean off. Like this thing closes at a speed and has no collision detection whatsoever. Which, frankly, sounds like the kind of door that you would have to go through to go to see the Misfits. And now that Ashley has joined forces with the Misfits and completed her training, uh, they've decided that she is going to officially be a misfit again. And uh, she's going to come with them to Vegas to do unspeakable things. Later on, we find out that uh, Jerrica and Kimber's mom dies in a plane crash. Is that really how she dies? Yes. Oh, my God. And there's never any concern about this from either Kimber or Jerrica slash Jim. It's just like, oh, yay, we got a plane to ourselves. Yay. Yeah, they don't care at all. No. They don't care at all. No. Well, I mean, considering this is also a show that picks up, like, mere days after their father dies. That's true. And suddenly it's like, we're going to be a glam rock band. Whatevs. No emotional consequences whatsoever, except for, oh, Rio. Oh, Oh, Rio. Rio. At least they've got, like, a jumbo jet and not the Buddy Holly killing plane. 
The important thing is, is that they take this, this ostensible murder machine and, uh, they land in Vegas where, what kind of Vegas would you say, would you guys say this is? Because I looked this up because this didn't seem quite Vegasy. This looks like Atlantic City. Or even like maybe Reno. The Vegas strip was kind of established, uh, a good chunk of it was in the 90s, I discovered. So this must be patterned after sort of the old Vegas neighborhood, which is which is a good deal away from, uh, well, the Vegas strip that we all know and worry about. Uh, I also want to point out that they offer, according to the background, such incredible things as uh, Foker games. Were they just not allowed to say poker on a kid's show? No, I think that's just the animators. Uh, there's... <laughs> There's some things coming up in an, in the next couple of episodes where they uh and they just didn't pay too much attention to what they were writing. It's in English, whatever. So while they are setting up for the show, uh, Shayna comes up and she wants to talk about this quote delicate situation. But uh, Jerrica says, "I want to tell him," and Shayna pops in with, "But you don't know what he'll do if he knows the truth." And did this come across to you as kind of a toxic relationship flag? That strikes me as, like, mildly emotionally abusive. Yeah. If you're afraid to do things because of how you're, you're afraid your partner's going to react, that's a red flag. And especially because it plays up Rio's pride so much, and we know he has an intense jealous streak. Yeah. This just seems like bad news to me. But before we can dwell on the emotional implications of that for too long, we have our first song of the episode, which is a Gem and the Hologram song titled Deception. This personally is actually uh, one of the songs that I really enjoy. It's it's what I sort of think of as a more angry song than what the Gem and the Holograms usually do. And honestly, it really works for them. Like, Jem's yeah. singing voice has that kind of almost a, almost a bit of a scratch to it that means that she tends to she tends to sing sort of angry really well, I feel. My standout moment for this music video, though, was when the Jem and Jerrica are yanking on Rio's arms and he bursts like the worst pinata ever. <laughs> it kind of made me think of the uh, of the opening of the 90s Spider-Man cartoon that uh, that's part of a. Part of the nightmare that Peter Parker has about, like, the symbiote, where Peter Parker, or these gigantic Spider-Man and, sim- and symbiotes are just kind of pulling at him, and then they eat Peter Parker. Though, I felt like this music video was really, like, visually disjointed. I think the best yeah. part about it was maybe when they did sort of the, like, aside from the, aside from the confetti thing, was when they, was when Jem and Jerrica are both running at Rio and doing sort of a fade in, fade out, like a focus on these two outfits that are, from, I think, a doll line where they were meant to be, like, complementary outfits for each other. Yeah. Like, that worked. But everything else is just sort of, like, wandering around, Rio setting up the show. I, I don't Rio know. Rio looking dramatically over his shoulder as either Jim or Jerrica dives behind a corner. Continually. And now that the song is over, this is the point when uh, the plan, as I have it in all caps in my notes, comes into action. Uh, basically, what happens is... Aja sees Ashley in this casino and reacts as any rational person would when seeing a 10-year-old girl in a casino, which is, Ashley, what are you doing here? Chases Ashley through the casino. Ashley goes into the luggage compartment of a bus that's parked outside, crawls out the other side, and then one of the misfits, I think it's Stormer, slams the door shut. And then Aja, being an idiot, crawls in after Ashley and then the misfits slam the other door shut and trap her in the luggage compartment of the moving bus. This kills people. Yeah, this thing is bound for New York. 
<laughs> it is in Las Vegas. She, there's no air conditioning down there. She's going to die of heat stroke in like a minute. Anyway, the bus drives off and Aja's stuck inside and she's comically pounding on the doors. And it would be really funny if it weren't horrifying that she's going to die in there. Pizzazz goes to uh, Mr. Cowboy Man, uh, the cowboy chair. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, one of the holograms just stormed out on the rest of the band. And so, like, and then there's this weird sort of, we have our weird plot point here, which is uh, the misfits are ready to go on, but Aja's gone. And so the whole thing is like, well, if Aja doesn't show up, then the misfits go on and... They're supposed to go on first. They're the opener. <laughs> What's our conflict here? But, you know, Aja, who is the one character in this in these first five episodes who actually does anything, is busy doing things that involve not dying. She does She does manage to get out of there, though, by pounding on the doors until some, one of the guests, who is probably an idiot, goes, oh, that sounds like a flat tire. No, it doesn't. I, my, my tires shout at me. Do they not shout at you guys? <laughs> Change me, I'm low! Change me, change me, change me, change me! So the bus driver gets out, opens up the compartment, and Aja just jumps out and runs down the street. Bolts like a deer! It, it occurs to me that a girl jumping out of a bus luggage compartment and running down the street probably isn't a weird sight in Vegas. No, you know what's weird, though, are the, is the fact that she walks up to two guys who wolf whistle at her, then she asks directions, and then they just politely tell her which way to go. Yeah, Aja encounters three of the most, like, weirdly helpful, skeezy, strange men ever. She gets on the back of a motorcycle of, I think, another cowboy. Yeah. With right, no like, ill intentions. He takes her like, directly to the casino. And the best part is his outfit, because he's a cowboy, and he's got, like, this super skinny face, and he's wearing, like, he's wearing, like, skin-tight orange jeans. And, like, then they get caught in traffic, and he's like, oh, it's right over there. And she hoofs it. She runs this whole way in heels. Aja is incredible. And a thing to also know is that in Vegas, blocks are long as hell. So, (laughs) like, she's not only hoofing it, she's hoofing it a long way. We're talking, like, a half a mile a block here. Aja is the best character. (laughs) She's the only reason anyone anything ever gets done. It's no wonder the misfits went after her first. So then we uh, we go back to Pizzazz, I think, at this point, and mm. she's for some reason trying to convince Rio to dump Jim and come to her because Rio's the most wanted man in the world, I guess. Yeah, she's like, I could do great things for you, Rio. She does not specify what these things are. And Rio goes, "You're not fit to breathe the same air as Jim." So he storms out, and we get like. One of the best parts of the show and Pizzazz's voice actors in general is that when Pizzazz is frustrated, she has this incredible screech of disappointment and anger. It sounds like the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. It is one of the best noises in a show about music. And so Aja, meanwhile, returns triumphantly. They perform their second musical number of the episode, which is Too Close for Comfort, which is only notable for the fact that it has a song, that it has a line about living in the danger zone, and that it makes you think of a much better song. And a much better show. But it's okay, because finally, 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 Eric Raymond shows up in the episode. Yes! This is what we were waiting for all along. Because the best thing is about to happen, you guys. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. Are you guys ready for this? I don't we're think ready. you're ready for this. Zipper's gonna rob a casino. Yes! 
It is Ocean's frickin' Eleven in here. Eric has paid for a plane ticket for not only Zipper this time, but also his buddies, one of whom looks suspiciously like Adam Prince of Eternia, who is also known as He-Man. The best thing about this, though, is that they put on these masks to hide their identities as they're robbing the casino, despite the fact that nobody can see them. And then Zipper's still wearing his jacket with his name across the back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good old Zipper. Eric keeps hiring him. He breaks the lock off of this, like the, the the office with his like a pair of brass knuckles on his bare hands, so he's possibly some kind of dangerous mutant. He might be, honestly. If he's palling around with He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe, <laughs> FYI, I'm not going to put it past him. Also, they didn't carry any explosives into the room, and yet the next shot, like there's an exploding noise, and then the next shot is the vault being like blasted open. So I'm pretty sure they did that with their bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these people? So, like, uh, they plant the cash in the holograms room. Uh, despite the fact that the holograms have maybe the most airtight alibi in the casino. Yeah. There were... You were on stage for the past, like, two hours, so we know it wasn't you. But that doesn't matter. Some policemen show up. Maybe, uh, I would say maybe one of the few... I could count on, on my hand. On one hand, the number of times we actually have law enforcement show up here. <laughs> and this is one of them. She even points out her alibi that she was on stage, that this is this is very simple. Uh, FYI, we also just had a commercial break where Jem is going to jail. You could be separated from Jem at any time. <laughs> Every moment is precious. Buy our dolls. Let's be real, though. The, the Jem in jail doll, the outfit would be fabulous. I mean, the policeman doesn't believe her, though. The detective, I guess, he's like, you might, you maybe didn't steal the money, but you might be an accomplice. Somehow, this isn't Ocean's Eleven, dude. But it may as well be, because the only two people that can actually prove that Jem didn't do it, despite cameras, so many cameras, there would be cameras everywhere, so many cameras, is Ashley and Mysterious Woman. The important revelation here is that Ashley's 13 years old, first off. <laughs> I have that written in my notes really big. I have it circled. <laughs> Ashley's 13. Anyway, this this mysterious woman in, in a robe that covers her face. She looks like the spirit. She sounds like my chain-smoking Aunt Connie. <laughs> <laughs> she testifies, and it turns out, big shocker. Okay, guys, spoilers? Okay, spoilers? It's Stormer! <gasps> No! (laughs) She and Ashley overheard Zipper and his cronies on their way to steal the monies. And they're the only people who can actually provide proof on this. Because the detective is going to take them at their word, but not the audience. So the conflict over the frame job lasts two whole minutes. Pizzazz is yelling at Eric Raymond in his office, and this is when we find out that Pizzazz's real name is Phyllis. And we get another screech from her when he when he calls her Phyllis, and it's incredible. Yeah, he's just like, I don't know, maybe Jem's, you know, a stage name. Like you, Phyllis. <laughs> and she basically reacts like Mr. Mickey Spitlick. It's like Rumpelstiltskin. She's like, no! No, she'll never get your firstborn. Although this scene also introduces my second favorite character, which is Private Detective Malone, who looks exactly like you would expect him to. He looks like a tall, skinny Poirot. <laughs> he does. 
And uh, and he is going to find out exactly what's up with Gem and the Holograms because, as as mentioned, Eric has the brilliant idea. Maybe we should figure out who Gem is. So then we go to our fashion show, which is where we have uh, our third song, which which is basically the opening theme, but kind of slowed down and different lyrics. Yeah, different lyrics for the most part. Yeah, this is not a misfit song. We are three for three on holograms, and I'm barely containing my rage. But- uh, on top of that, in the music video, we have Rio going from being the most broad-shouldered man in the world to suddenly being a little skinny elf boy. <laughs> okay, okay. Can I, I? I would like to just read the notes that I have on this song. Do it. Okay. Song, Truly Outrageous, i.e. the theme song song. Uh, still super weird and confusing imagery. Gem spasms, kisses Rio. <laughs> spasms, cries, kisses Rio. Advertises Lucky Charms, Spasms, Kisses Rio, Princess Gem, Pets a Dove in a Wasteland, Turns into Rio in Itty Bitty Tights with Itty Bitty Arms, They Smooch. We end with Brooding Rio watching Gem, There's Dancers, He Has the Best Scowl, Then They Kiss Again. It's worth noting that this music video also has more unicorns and army of clone Rios, and several instances of Rio and Gem farting rainbows. <laughs> And there's a rainbow and I, there's balloons. I don't understand it. It's like a Lisa Frank folder. And the misfits are also fed up with this because they've come to see the fashion show and they have this idea that in order to ruin the Countess de Vouchon's fashion show, they're going to shine a spotlight on a sprinkler. And this will cause the sprinkler to go off. This light's really hot. That's not how it, that's not how heat works. I've worked in a theater. I really, I, I find, I, I, I have to doubt again, Pizzazz, that you are, quote, the brains of this operation. <laughs> An important revelation here, too, is that they say that there's two days left until the Battle of the Bands. I don't understand how that's possible. It has been six months. How has it been six months already? Everything in this cartoon happens directly after the other. At most, it's been a week. I mean, if we count travel times for, like, Vegas and uh, Paris, yeah, it's probably also, good about on top of that, this is, this is like while they're talking about how uh, the, the Battle of the Bands is tomorrow, uh, they're getting changed. And so we get like smooth pictures of them pulling up their pants and dancing around in these amazing outfits that you too can buy. Yeah, it's a really odd little montage of the of the holograms changing out of their wet fashion clothes uh, in synergy sort of layer. It spends this extra time with them, of them doing their makeup and their hair and stuff. It it looks really good, honestly. It's well animated, yeah. but it's... It's just kind of weird. It's like the equivalent of of sort of having the extended transformation sequences in, like, an episode of Power Rangers or, or, like, a, or like a magical girl show. It's killing time so we can prepare for the scene of Malone following them into Synergy's lair, like, after they've left. And then beating the crap out of Synergy with a wooden chair to the point where it explodes. Like, he can't handle any kind of automated alert saying the word intruder. So he takes a picture, and then he gets so flustered, he hits it. Where where was the stool? It was just a wooden chair sitting next to Synergy for reasons. Yeah, and he hits and he hits Synergy, uh, arguably the most complicated AI that is in the world at this moment, and it just explodes. And this is 1980s computer technology. You could drop that stuff off of a truck, and it would not break. Yeah, it's, it's like true. Game Boy. It's like <laughs> Nintendium, but it explodes. It explodes. There's explosions everywhere, which is how you know it's the end of an episode. 
It's kind of a weird place to leave off. Synergy is apparently exploded minutes after Gem and the Holograms leave. The contest is in two days slash tomorrow slash end? I don't know. It's been six months. Time and space is meaningless. All there is is glam rock. Until next time, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been The Gem Jam, where outrageous is as outrageous does. 